Welcome to another episode of Underbench Staples. My name is Russell. My name is Patrick. Could you sense there was a little hesitation there because I forgot my name and almost said Patrick. Yeah. Just a very slight I mean, one. The voices are probably pretty interchangeable. But yes. Yeah, yeah. But hey, 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 here we are. Um, really, really nice episode that we are going to be talking about now, which is episode nine. nine. Uh, an immunity day. Nice little challenge, continuing with secrets and surprises and bringing the knowledge of the great and good who've gone outside of the MasterChef kitchen to take on the big bad world. This week's extra special, never seen before, uh, never heard of before, judge or uh, contested, was Andy. Andy Allen. Did someone cancel? (laughs) Um, maybe oh, that's shade it's not meant to be um, it just was like oh every other day someone has come along and today it's like it's you great um, but uh, Andy has some great credentials yeah I think the premise of it was arguably he's the most successful yeah. professionally of all of the previous contestants and winners yeah so it makes a lot of sense um and it, and it is the statistic as well that he was the first to get a chef's hat out of the show as well uh so that was really good the challenge which we preempted at the end of the last episode is all about rotisserie chicken which is an absolute dream challenge for me dream. uh the whole idea was to turn the rotisserie chicken into something in 45 minutes because you have the main element cooked for you already so it's just about how you're going to serve it really yes if you had this challenge what would your mind be immediately running to um huge part of me goes straight to pies and pasties and kind of like crumble kind of vibes like homely I, I, I I love uh, I love nothing more than a pie and a really nice chicken pie with a bit of mushroom, really rich, creamy sauce, some silky as heck 50-50 mash even on the side. That kind of thing is just true comfort. Could you achieve that in 45 minutes? Um, is there puff pastry in the, uh, in the, in the pantry as it is or... I think they it. would frown upon you yeah. using a puff pastry. But like Nigella says you can use it. Ina Garten says you can use it. Store-bought will do. Mm. Um, or do like a crumble kind of thing. Or even like, I don't know, I'd probably be told I'm too homely. Throw a tin of Campbell chicken soup. soup on it. Hey, delicious. <laughs> Absolutely stunning. What would you be making? I would do Bon Jardim. So- oh, What's that? He asks, despite knowing exactly what you're talking so about. So this is an iconic, iconic chicken place in Lisbon, in Portugal, which we've gone to many, many times that specialise in this style of chicken. It's really, really homely, really, really accessible in price point. Yeah. Um, excellent food, pretty gruff service, but <laughs> like the that's the payoff. But... Because the chicken is cooked and because of the way it's cooked already, I feel that you're trying to celebrate that instead Mm -hmm. of interpret it or hide it. I would spend the time creating an epic 
peri peri oil, mm. creamed spinach, yeah, and perfect thin chips and a glass of vino verde on the side. <laughs> or I was thinking a chicken fillet roll. Okay, Irish boy. But because it's a rotisserie chicken and it isn't like a breaded chicken goujon yeah, style. Yeah, yeah kind of interpreting it in a new way that is interesting because um, if I remember correctly it was Jock who said about a chicken sandwich which obviously uh, it was, who made who made it yeah, Melissa, chicken, Melissa made it. a chicken sandwich on one front you could be argued that that's very very simple and very straightforward they, they did comment that Melissa's processes were almost over the top for the challenge in itself um, but I would say if if Jock hadn't said anything about a chicken sandwich I would have assumed that that's a bit too simple mm. and a bit too easy to do but a really delicious option like a really good chicken sandwich is a thing of dreams yeah. rocket smoked onion mayo salt oh Simplicity at its best But, but if delicious. you were going to do smoked onion You would have to create that Oh fine, fine, yeah. fine If you don't know what it is, look it up It's very, very good um, I had a few little uh, comments that I took note of During um, <laughs> the entire programme Including Did Theo say he was a roast chuck ho? <laughs> I think he did and you said no <laughs> I did, the jury's out I yeah. think we would have to rewatch it yeah 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 um, his dishes were very interesting very 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 interesting Turkish bread it's a a, a dish that's normally made with lamb uh, it's lo- called uh, lakmakon is that it's something like something that, like that. I, I couldn't pronounce yeah. it um, really really incredible looking dish really like the sound of that um, going around the other dishes that were going there uh, Addy was doing a butter chicken butter chicken is probably what I would do as well yeah I, I mean let's talk about it that. is clever because you've gotten all the flavour out of the chicken already it's cooked on the bone yeah it's slowly kind of cooked over its own juices plus the heat offers that scorch and that char it's clever because you aren't starting from just like raw flavorless chicken Mm, mm. um and she also did a jira rice a Mm. cumin um spiced rice yeah I think it was a great idea um, just pack the flavour into the sauce just have an exceptional rice yes um, I think clever then we go to Jessica who did a risotto again mm. kind of clever in ways but also not clever because this is an this isn't an elimination challenge it's an immunity challenge and her going back to that dreaded trying to nail a risotto and her kind of comforting staples I don't think was a great idea no I think especially considering you're not necessarily able to make a a proper stock no and a flavoursome stock now you know from experience we've been known to get a rotisserie chicken a few times ourselves um and when you get one, we always do make stock with it as much as we can because it's really it's, it's it's extra flavoursome because of how it's cooked. 
I live for those stocks but I couldn't imagine you're getting a huge amount out of it in 45 minutes mm. um, if, if if anything at all um, and if you're just going to be stripping bits of chicken and putting it into risotto is that enough? I mean just think about the concept a rotisserie risotto Yes. I'm not sure that works, that those two things go together. Yeah. So I'm not sure how she ended up at that choice, but Mm. yeah. So the jury had been out on that for me. The jury had been out on the chicken sandwich and the kind of um, crisps. Yeah, and the crisps. Yes, there was crisps as well. Like, as I would call them at home dollar fries, it's a name my dad used to use. But then some people call them like scalloped potatoes. But here in Drogheda, a scalloped potato is a... uh, a deep whole fried spattered slice of potatoes yeah. then we get to Declan who did the quesadilla yes and uh, wrapping wrapping his lips around various mm. um, Mexican uh, terminology in an amusing way but hey he's he's keen to learn but like yeah he clearly had cooked these kinds of things before but I was just kind of like and you still don't know how to pronounce mm. them, yet you know how to cook them girl, on the spot. Girl, I, ca- I can't speak. I can barely <laughs> pronounce most things that I try and cook and eat. Um, the quesadilla, very, very good idea. Uh, elevated even more that he was making his own tortillas. Yes, yeah, nice. Which is pretty impressive, and it was his first time doing it. Now, herein lies the debate. You're in an immunity challenge. You are trying something out for the very first time. Is that clever or is that silly? It's playing with fire, mm. for sure. Especially so early on. Or is it better to do that later on? I don't think there's a right time mm. to do that. Like, are you going to begin the series and just put yourself out there and show the judges that you're challenging yourself? Mm. Or are you going to hold back and have the, the kind of... Andy's storyline of like hold back come into your own as it gets to a smaller pool Mm. I find it weird because we both kind of debated it going fair play to him good on him for doing that but then it's like you have a chance of immunity and if this is something that you're capable of doing because you're a natural instinctive cook and you could figure it out very very easily great but also you could be getting immunity to save your ass in a few days time and potentially save your ass in a few weeks time as well is it the right time to experiment in that kind of way Mm. and you kind of see some contestants experimenting and some playing into their safe uh, kind of zone a little bit. Um, Ralph's pie was very remiss, uh, reminiscent of something I would do. Yeah. And I'm seeing, I, I think he executes things very well, but they're not wow enough. Yeah. I think ultimately that's the kind of issue that he's facing. He's still very much in the home cook mind frame. And I don't think has had the fire up his ass moment to make him elevate beyond that because he's very very capable everything has been fine but it just needs that little elevation and I don't think we've seen that yet yeah um other dishes that were going around 
Um, Robbie did a really beautiful uh, salad. We were only saying in a few episodes ago, salad, MasterChef, is it safe? But they loved it. Is that immunity worthy? Yes. Um, it was beautiful. It was a dish he makes at home for his wife. Very, very nice story. Um, the funniest moment of the uh, episode thus far, because this, of course, is a two-parter, was Addy running to the pantry with 10 seconds left. What was that about? I don't get it. She just wanted a garnish. I was like, you're not going to do that in 10 seconds. Also, like, for the bulk of that cook, you've stripped the chicken, you've created the sauce, and you've steamed the rice. Like, I'm confused as to, like, how during those, like pretty straightforward processes she hadn't a moment to go just like take the 10 steps and pre-organise her garnish yeah it's a bit weird I mean I think that to the judges they were kind of like okay wow that's brave Mm -hmm. and also a bit crazy can we talk about her butter chicken though in a bit more detail Mm -hmm. Um, the it's a, I believe it's a traditional Indian way of getting smoke into the dishes. The bit of charcoal. I don't think that classes as a hibachi because even though it probably came from a hibachi, um, it doesn't it's class. Not a hibachi, no. um, that was amazing mm. and really, really simple and delicious way of bringing smoke into the dish. Uh, one of the I have seen on MasterChef Australia before, but this early on, I think it's really, really good mm. and really impressive because it did seem that she wasn't sure about getting the full flavour and then it was okay I need to get this in now now it was at the exchange of cooking the rice perfectly that was the only issue that's the thing like and that's ultimately the thing that cost her yeah yeah I think so but um, as this is in two parts we are going to do our smash or pass now yes Um, so could I please have your smash my smash so many but I'm going to say Theo's Okay. Theo's, I think that's two for Theo for me, actually, so far um, on Smash's. His, his Turkish flatbread, it, it just was everything I wish for when it's like a little snack with some beautiful, moist rotisserie chicken, yeah. nice flavours. The bread, seeing him with bread lately is kind of re-inspiring me to get back baking bread myself in a way because I've kind of forgotten about it a lot over time mm. we used to be huge during the pandemic because we had nothing else to fucking do and now I'm like oh get a nice flour and do that again um, especially the flatbreads haven't gotten to barbecue too much this summer because we haven't really had a summer um, but I'd love to get a bit better at that and it's kind of inspiring me especially the flatbreads yeah I mean yeah. his was kind of kind of an open kebabs yeah. style of yeah. presentation just the kind of food you really just want to mm. eat alright smash my smash is gotta be Addy's butter chicken mm. I think of of all of the different interpretations of the brief hers was the most delicious sounding and looking to me um, pass I'm gonna go for the chicken pie yeah for Ralph I just just how it looked and the feed, the feedback of the judges, I just don't think it worked. My pass is actually Melissa's sandwich. Mm. Um, and I don't think it was anything to do with flavour or anything like that. Actually, I feel for me it was actually all into presentation. It looked sore. 
chewy, like, hard. No, no, I have a big mouth. I would struggle to eat that. And that is saying something because it looked too thick. The bread was far too thick, far too big. Not right for me. No, I'm sorry. It is a pass. Incorrect choice of bread, I, I think, ultimately. Could you imagine she that as a jaffle? I can. I would like that. I don't I know can. why I just thought that, but that okay. would be quite nice. So ultimately, Theo gets the win. Yay. He gets immunity from Sunday's elimination. And in this two-parter, we get introduced to the guest chef, who he's going to compete against, which is Andy's own sparring partner, his co-owner, Darren Robertson from the Three Blue Ducks. Yes, it was very funny when, um, of course, we didn't say this at the beginning, Shannon Bennett is here. This is going to be a weekly thing, like in the olden days. So it's clear as day that that's going to be the thing. It will always be a beat the chef challenge, I guess, with COVID restrictions, lol, (laughs) gone in a way from MasterChef Australia. Mm. You can start introducing more people back into the kitchen, etc, etc, etc. I loved when, was it Theo asked Andy, what can't he cook? And Shannon just went, Bad food. Yeah. <laughs> the comedic Great timing. Great cover. Perfect. It was so good. <laughs> um, really interesting challenge. I quite like this. It's kind of the time V ingredients yes. thing. So option one was a 90 minute challenge with five ingredients. And uh, f- if I remember correctly, there's like things like short ribs there, things that would take a long time. But you didn't have much else. You had underbench staples. Underbench, but you did not have the pantry or garden. No. Okay. Um, so, you know, you have to think very, very wisely about that, what you could do. 60 minutes with 10 ingredients or 30 minutes with 20 ingredients. So Theo had the choice of picking his own and uh, whatever Darren would be cooking with. Theo went for the 60 minute challenge with 10 ingredients and Darren got the 30 minute with 20 ingredients. I feel that that was the wrong choice for both of them. Not to say that the dishes that ended up at the end were bad or wrong if you're thinking strategically I would have done possibly the 60 minutes for Theo or the 30 minute for Theo but I would have given Darren the 90 minutes with five ingredients same there's not a huge amount that he could have done but like Darren had the pick of all the ingredients and of course that also included the least time but like he didn't even need like three quarters of those Mm. ingredients he could have done probably 20 different Mm. dishes on that pantry yeah now the interesting thing was I assume and this is probably the clever thing rather than thinking of sabotage (laughs) which is where my mind goes, Theo was thinking about a dish that he could put up and actually make. Yeah. And there was apples in the second pantry. I think there was oranges or grapefruit in the first pantry. So it was, what is what is he able to do? And he made a gorgeous-looking apple tart with a stewed apple compote, apple slices on the top, um, and a foam or custard. That he, Some kind of custard, yeah. Mm, looked really, really kind of nice. Thing. Beautiful pastry work, I have to say, really crumbly. Now, I think our biggest criticism was that when they were taken out of the moles they could have been shaved down a little bit just the presentation just being that tiny bit more refined which I think if you're trying to deceive the judges into thinking that this is you know 
a very very talented chef cooking this little detail like that is the type of thing that would get them thinking that way um but it all went down really really well regardless darren's dish was the barramundi a chili pickle a whole roasted and a flatbread on the side for good measure he he just like he used every bit of the time (laughs) he had chosen great ingredients and he had so much time that he was interacting to the contestants Mm. he was laughing all the time he was having a great time in this challenge Mm. and that just tells you he was at ease yeah Um, there was a bit of a worry in the tasting of whether or not it was cooked enough Mm. just about Uh, I think you and I both said when looking at it that was probably a little bit on the underside for our preference <clears throat> but then again I've never eaten Barramundi before because we are on the other side of the world so that was quite interesting when it came to the scores yes very close 23 out of 30 to Theo and 25 out of 30 to Darren a really interesting thing that I observed in the scores was I took note of who scored what yes Andy Allen scored them both the exact same. Yes. Now, do you think that was intentional because of his connection to the chef? Or that's just how he scored it, kind of objectively? I'm assuming they ate in the order we saw on screen. Yes. I'm gonna, if, and if that is the case, Andy made a very, very good point when tasting Theo's pie. That he was like, this is something Darren would do. He loves baking. He loves to bake. He doesn't bake often, but he loves to. And this is the type of thing he would do. Especially classics. Yeah. So you kind of wonder if he set that as the score and went, that's good. I'm going to give it a fair score because I assume that this is him. And then the second dish came along and it was like, okay, this is possibly him as well. Just to even it out. It was ultimately Jock's score, wasn't it? That uh, No, it was Melissa's score. Yeah. There was a disparity there. Um, There was two eights on both of them and then a seven and a nine on them so seven on Theo's dish came from I think that was Jock and then the nine on Darren's came from Melissa Melissa yes so a few points in the difference not bad no I expected Darren to maybe score higher than he did yeah I did too Uh, but still either of them getting anywhere above 20 out, out of 30 mm. I think is great and especially so close in this stage of the competition too yeah uh, really really good really good episode so Darren or sorry Darren, well Darren just goes back to his restaurant because that's how it works Theo is immune on Sunday but didn't get a pin did not get a pin on no, this occasion no, and no. everybody else who competed to get immunity now go straight into elimination that's correct like the highs and lows uh-huh. and the stakes like you're in and out yeah and I love it love it uh, good episode though yeah really good it. episode um, and I'm, I'm enjoying uh, having everyone back or at least almost everyone I think there's one person missing Can't, don't quite know everyone well enough it's kind of like 
first days of college and you're like did someone drop out or did they just come into the wrong class not really too sure um, but yeah really really good episode so we move on in the next episode of Underbench Staples I was going to say Pantry again because these people just keep screwing me up uh, we'll be talking about the elimination so you can join us again and redemption and redemption spoiler spoiler talk about it all in the next episode alright talk to you then bye bye Thank you.